My name is Tommy Jones. I'm the pastor of this particular establishment, if we have not met. Uh, we're still doing this year of the Bible thing. It feels like it's been going on for like eight months. And so we're going to continue to ride it out, though, till it's done. And so just as a little insight of what I do on Monday, and, and Rachel and I have talked about this, and I've talked with Dusty about this, it's, it's a little difficult to plan this year because I come in on Monday and on Monday, I sit down and I read on Monday what, what you're going to read for that week. So I read on Monday what you're going to read Monday through Sunday. And then I, from those readings, what I'm doing is I'm looking for a thread, like some thread that I can then pull a sermon from. And uh, some days it's super, super easy because it's obvious. Other days, lamentations, it's a little more difficult. But I'm looking for this thread, and typically when I find the thread, when God opens my eyes to see what I need to see, it's normally some area of my life where he wants to correct me, to encourage me, uh, to, to whatever, to change me, to mold me, and then I give the message, and then you say, oh, I think that one was for me, and I'm like, yeah, 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 that was for you, but really it was for me. Because every time I find this thread, God uses that thread in some way in my life. And this week I was, I was doing our readings, and and it, it, was, it was like, it was a little hidden, but as I continued to read, I found the thread. And the thread for me this week from our readings was the idea of faith. And that may seem kind of, oh, I get it, church faith, yeah. But I, I have come to believe in my, in my decade plus one of doing this, that our biggest problem in the church is not a lack of knowledge, it's not a lack of ability, it's a lack of faith. Like for many of us, we've taken on uh, sort of Bible ethics, like we try to do some right and wrong things, and we, we've got some, some God-like values, and we follow some commandments, but for too many people in the church, we still have the faith of an atheist. We've got the morals of a Christian and the faith of an atheist. For too many of us, we're still making our decisions based on what we can see and feel and what's obvious and around us. We're making far too decisions on the invisible creator of the world. Because faith for us is difficult. But, but the problem with, with most of our issues in church is faith. We don't serve because we don't have faith. We don't give because we don't have faith. We don't keep vows because we don't have faith. We don't read. We don't rest. We don't, we don't do any of the things we don't do because we don't have faith. If we had faith that what this book said was true, if we had faith that he was who he said he was, then we would order our lives accordingly. Think about it. If you believed it, if you really had faith, wouldn't it affect every single aspect of your life? I don't have faith, but then I read these stories in the book. And go back and read Matthew and Mark and Luke and John. I read these stories where, where Jesus Christ encounters someone, and he does some miraculous healing. He brings a young, sick girl who just died back to life. He gives blind people sight. This one guy gets lowered through a roof. Y'all remember this story? His buddies take him out there, and, he, and he's paralyzed, and they, they take like a like a sawzall, and they put this hole in this roof, and they lower him down in there. And what's Jesus say? Every, it's your faith that has made you well. Over and over, people experience the miraculous because of faith. And so I wonder if oftentimes I'm not experiencing the miraculous that I should, maybe the problem is a lack of faith. And so I just want to take a few weeks to talk about Faith. And listen, I'm not one of those people, and I'm not saying those people are bad or wrong. I'm not one of those people who believe 
that if you have enough faith, you're going to get everything you want. Because I, I don't believe that. I know some incredibly faithful people who died with great faith. I know some faithful people who went broke. I know some faithful people who have experienced great heartache. I know some faithful people who have had disease. But what I have seen in my life is when those faithful people refuse to yield their faith in spite of the circumstances, the miraculous happens. Like when, when our free will, our faith combines with God's power, something happens. Even if you can't see it, he's working. Even if you don't see it in the moment, in some incredible situations, I have seen some faithful people who refused to deny their faith, who held on to it, and I have seen God do the miraculous through the incredibly messy for people who refused to let go of their faith. God didn't give you your faith to make your life easy. He gave you faith so that you could stand strong on the days when life was tough. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I'm with you. Have faith. And for those people who will hold on to that faith, man, you will see the miraculous one way or the other. God shows up for the faithful over and over. I'm talking about real faith. Real faith. For people who have real faith, God really does show up. And so we're, we're going to talk about faith for, for a few weeks. And I'm going to talk about three kinds of faith that I think give us well-rounded faith. And I had this amazing idea. I was going to bring a stool up here, a three-legged stool. And I actually use it in my tent to deer hunt. And I was going to bring it up here, and I was going to do like one leg and then two legs and three. It was going to be a really cool visual. But then I realized if I brought this stool to church, it would get covered with human scent, and it might damage my ability to effectively hunt. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I was, sitting in my <laughs> I was sitting in my tent hunting, and I was like, man, I should bring this thing to church. Then I was like, Clarissa has that stupid scentsy stuff. And not that that's bad, but it smells, and people wear perfume. And, you know, and so it, it, would, it would just mess up my deer hunting. So just pretend... Okay, come on, I got limits on how far I'll go for this thing. Just pretend when I'm talking about it. But we're going to talk about the three kinds of faith. And at the end of this, my hope is that if we can develop three-legged faith, what you will develop is the kind of faith that you can rest your life on. Can you imagine me sitting on a stool with three legs right now? Because that would be a really cool visual if it wasn't for human scent. So, the first kind of faith. Titus 3, 4 through 8. Every one of these readings is from our reading this week. I had to work for this one. Every one of these readings is from our readings this week. Titus 3, 4 through 8. But when the kindness and the love of our God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want, and I want to stress these things so that those who have trusted God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. I like that. The first kind of faith, and Paul's writing about it right here in his letters to Titus, is this faith that God has. Like if you have faith that God has, then you've got some faith. And the first, he says, verse 5, he said, He has saved us, not because of the righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. Do you have faith that God has? 
that God has saved you, that God has been merciful, that God has died on the cross, that God has risen from the dead, that God has spared us the full effects of sin because God has been merciful. Like if you have some faith that God has, you have a portion of faith. Too many times say, I don't do this thing because I don't have enough faith. Maybe. But if you have some faith, then you can do what God has called you to do. Do you have faith that God has done exactly what God has said God is going to do? God has. And I love that. Man, I was thinking about this and I was reading the readings. I was like, the the fact that, that I have faith in the things God has done on the days when I have the faith that God has done the things, it's life changing. And I take great hope from that. But occasionally I also feel a little pain because I have faith of what God has done. Lamentations 1, that's right, Lamentations 1, thank you, 4. This is my first time to ever preach from this particular book of the Bible. Lamentations 1, 4, listen to this. The roads to Zion mourn, for no one comes to her appointed festivals. All her gateways are desolate, her priests groan, her young women grieve, but she is in bitter anguish. Her foes have become her masters, her enemies are at ease. The Lord has brought her grief because of her many sins. Her children have gone into exile, captive before the foe. Okay, so I'm reading this this week, and you know what I hear? The the, the author of Lamentations is saying God has done exactly what God said he would do. God has kept his word. Israel, he's writing about Israel and and they're fallen and it's broken down and the army's destroyed. Why? Because they have sinned and God said if you sin... You will feel the weight and the pain of sin. So as this author reflects on what has happened to Israel, what he says is God has done exactly what God said he would do. And for some of us, that should give us a little more fear of God. In the world we live in, there's a law called sowing and reaping. You will will reap what you sow. Man, you will reap what you sow. And I have experienced this in my life. When I have sinned, I have experienced pain. Therefore, I have faith that God has allowed me to feel the pain for my sins. I I believe I have faith. And so it would be foolish to continue to do the same sin over and over and not believe that God is going to allow me to experience the pain for it because God has always kept his word. God, God, listen, God has been faithful to me in that I will not experience the full weight of sin. I, I, I will never taste hell because I am saved and redeemed and set free and so are so many of you. But God has allowed me to experience the consequences for my sin because he is a good, good father. And a good father doesn't spare a child for, from every single consequence. Otherwise, you raise a brat. God doesn't like to raise brats. We could all learn from that. God has kept his word. God has spared me from the full pain of sin. God has redeemed me because of his righteousness, not because of my glory. God has. And if you have faith that God has, then you have a portion of faith. But that's not the only faith we have. This is a good one. Psalm 101 through 5. 
This is the second leg of faith. If you can imagine my little stool here, what I would do right now is I would fold down a second leg, and I would sit on it a little bit and say I'm a little sturdier, but not quite there yet. So just use your imaginations. Psalm 101. I will sing of your love and your justice to you, Lord. I will sing praise. I will be careful to lead a blameless life. When will you come to me? I will conduct the affairs of my house with a blameless heart. I will not look with approval on anything that is vile. I hate what faithless people do. I will have no part in it. The perverse of heart shall be far from me. I will have nothing to do with what is evil. Whoever slanders their neighbor is in secret. I'm reading the wrong psalm. That was 101. I bet y'all were super confused, weren't you? If you had enough faith, I would have read the right psalm. What am I? What am I? Psalm what? 100? <clears throat> Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. This is much happier psalm. <laughs> Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. And we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his court with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues to all generations. There it is. God is. God is good. God is merciful. God is faithful. Do you see the subtle difference in that? I don't just have faith that God has I believe that God is. I don't just have faith that God has spared me from the full consequences of my sin. I have faith that God is sparing me from the full consequences of my sin. I have faith that in this moment, God is active inside of me. Like right now, God is changing me. God has changed me. God is changing me. God has saved me. God is saving me right now. Inside of every single one of us, God is doing something. That's, that's a different kind of faith. God didn't, God didn't say, hey, go do what I, what I sent you to do. Like, go, go do it. God said, go do it, and he is going with me. It's different than just sending somebody. God's walking with you. Like he is working inside of us right now. I was reading Ezekiel this week because it's on the reading plan. Ezekiel 2. Listen to this. This is so cool to me. He said to me, son of man, stand up on your feet and I will speak to you. As he spoke, the spirit came into me and raised me to my feet and I heard him speaking to me. Why did I think that was so cool? Because God tells Ezekiel to do something. He gives him a command and then listen again. He says, Stand on your feet. So God says, Ezekiel, I want you to do something. Then the very next verse, it says, the Spirit came into me and raised me. Do you, you catch that? God told him to do something. And then who actually did the work? God. Stand up, son. He stands him up. When God is working He is giving us the strength to do what he is telling us to do. Too many times God will put some calling on our heart and it suddenly becomes all about me. I can't do this. I don't have the ability. I don't have the money. I don't have the time. God's going, you're right. You don't have anything. I do. And when we realize that God is working, 
God is active. That's a different kind of faith. That's not faith in something someone did 2,000 years ago. That's faith in something someone's doing right now. And so then you do a little Bible math and you combine God has and God is. God has saved me. God has allowed me to pay the consequences for some of my sin. God is saving me. God is allowing me to pay the consequences so that I won't have to face that sin for the rest of my life. It's like God is creating something that God has already created. He's creating us in his image. Like we, we read that verse that said God created man in his own image and woe man, and we thought that, oh, that was good. No, God is creating us in his image. Can you hear the difference? That is a completely different kind of faith. God is. And the third one, this may be my favorite. And by the way, if I had a stool here, you would see three legs and it would now support my body. But you all have human scent. Titus 3.3. It says, remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always to be gentle toward everyone. Isn't that a little innocuous? That's not a big deal verse. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities and to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good. Paul wrote this. Do you all know what was going on between Paul and the leaders and authorities at the time when he wrote this? He was in prison, having been beaten by the leaders and authorities. Uh, I mean, they were torturing Paul over and over. He would talk about Jesus and they would arrest him. And then Paul writes to Titus and says, remind the people to be subject to the leaders and authorities, to be ready to do whatever is good. And verse 7, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. Having the hope. To hope for something means to have faith in something that hasn't happened yet. So how could Paul be subject to corrupt leaders and authority? Because Paul had hope that God will finish the job. Paul could in the moment be subject to corrupt leaders and corrupt authority because, God, because Paul believed God will make all the wrongs right one day. There is so little doubt in my mind that we as the American church do not believe this part of the Bible because the way we talk about leaders and authorities on Facebook. How, hey, I've got my own thoughts and emotions on this matter. But I have spent far more time bashing leaders and authorities than I have on my knees praying for them. God doesn't say, find the ones you like and pray for them. Find the one that, that supports your little agenda and pray for them. God says, whoever is in charge, you pray for them. It's not our job to go on Facebook and bash people and trash people just because they disagree with us. And I've said this a hundred times and y'all still aren't getting it because I, I keep seeing it. So I'm going to keep saying until this church is white as the lamb when it comes to what we post on Facebook. Thank you. Stop trashing other political leaders because you don't agree with them. Instead, pray for them. It's okay to have your opinion. It's okay to vote. It's okay to do your thing. But to call, to, to, to insinuate that some woman had some man killed or, or all, what? Stop it. We are embarrassing ourselves publicly when we do that and we are dishonoring our God. 
And if we believed that God was sovereign and God was in control, I wouldn't lose near as much sleep about the person who's running this particular country. So stop it. <laughs> like we've got, and I am talking to myself, guys, because there have been political leaders that I was not, am not, was not happy with. Right? It's not my job to bash them publicly. It's my job to pray for them privately. I'm not saying don't, I'm not saying don't have an opinion in a righteous, whatever, but that's not what we're doing. When we put little memes on Facebook and say, that's not, that's not righteous, that's junk. That's blending in with a broken world. We must come to believe that God will. That God will redeem us. That God will restore us. That this moment is not my everything. And think about how this changes every aspect of your life to believe that God will. That God will. That no matter what situation I am in, God will. Like God will provide. God will restore. God will redeem. God will fix. God will repair. God will be God. No matter what I see and no matter what I feel, God will continue to work even when I'm tired and even when I don't get it and even when I'm depressed and even when I'm lonely and even when I'm scared God will continue to win because that's all God does and if you put these three things together God has God is and God will what can possibly shake you like imagine standing against the world and this isn't the faith of believing God's gonna suddenly you know give you your every wish he's not genie God he's real God where you stand firm going you know what God has come against me because I know my God has I remember what my God has done come against the world because I know what my God is doing come against the world because I know what my God will do and if I have faith in those three things you cannot knock me down so this is the kind of faith we're going towards and we're going to spend some time over the next few weeks talking about how to sustain this faith and whatnot. But today, I just want you to know how to get it. You ask Jesus Christ for it. You cannot manufacture this faith. You cannot fake this faith. The only thing you can do is ask Jesus Christ for it and then believe you have received it. And then maybe you're thinking, well, I've got, I've got the first faith and, and I've got a little of the second faith, but I don't have any of the third faith. And here's my advice, and it's biblical. Start using the faith you have and God will multiply it. Maybe you're like, I don't believe the whole thing. Okay, so what? You don't believe the whole thing. That's an excuse to do nothing with what you do believe. You believe something. Be faithful where you are. Be faithful with what you have. Be faithful with whatever faith you have. God has given you enough faith to do what God has asked you to do. I believe that with all of my heart. Guys, let me, let me share a little secret with you all. Don't tell anyone else. Sometimes I have questions. Sometimes I read something in here and go, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And God goes, what do you know? Act on that. Quit whining about what you don't know and start doing something with what you do know. The, the small, you know, that mustard seed, you all remember the mustard seed face? Some of y'all remember it. It's in the Bible. If, you, if you've never been here before, there's a, at one point Jesus is like, man, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. And that's good. That's a good place to start. But I'm not talking about moving mountains. I'm talking about shaking the world. Mustard seed is where you start. Too many of us, we get this mustard seed faith and we just hold it in our hand. And he's like, no, plant it. Like, do something with it. It's not supposed to stay a mustard seed forever. That's not the point of that story. I got a mustard seed put in my pocket. No, that's not good. You take the mustard seed, you plant it, and what does it become? A tree. Is there not one farmer in here? I don't know, pumpkin. No. 
The mustard seed does not become a pumpkin. It grows into a tree that produces mustard. Everybody knows this. Come on. What faith do you have? Use it. And today, guys, we come to the table of the king. And why do we do this? Like, why why do we take the juice and the bread? Let me tell you one of the reasons I take it. It's because I don't yet have the faith I need. And at this table, my faith is refreshed. Like, I'm not where I need to be in my faith. If I was, it would be evident in my life. I'm not there yet. But at this table, we have this small little amount of faith that says, God, when I, when I eat of your body and I drink of your blood, something different happens in me that God takes these ordinary elements and uses them as a conduit to put more faith and more grace in me. I can't just have more faith. I can't just have more grace. It must be given to me, but he gives it generously to anybody who wants it. So come to this table today with whatever little bit of faith you have, but come prepared to use it. Because when you use it, he multiplies it. And the more you use it, the more you fall in love with him. And the more you fall in love with him, the more you trust him. And the more you trust him, the more obedient you are. And before long, that mustard seed becomes a tree and you're not just moving mountains, you're moving the entire world. Our God desires for us to have real faith. Not the kind of faith that makes life easy. The kind of faith that allows us to stand when life is tough. And some of you have it. And for the rest of you, he wants to give it to you. So come today and have a little faith that God desires to give you a lot. Amen.